Hello, everyone. My name is Joel McLeod, uh, and I am here in the new year back for uh, 2023, not flying completely solo. Roland is still away on, on vacation, but we're trying something a little different uh, this year or, or this time. Uh, we have an old friend of the podcast, old, uh, old, old, uh, old guest, uh, Laura Steiner of the Milton Reporter is joining me on the on mic number two uh, to to be my co-pilot, co-host, uh, partner in crime, however you want to have that title. Uh, Laura, welcome, uh, welcome back. Thank you. I had a good time last year when I was with you guys talking politics. So, um, thanks for having me back. It's it's been fun and. I sort of like the idea of a partner in crime, so <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll go we, with that one for a bit. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see how the episode ends, then we'll uh, we'll make the final determination. Yeah. Sounds sounds good. Wonderful. Um, yeah. So you know, you know, good knowing our luck, we go away for the uh, go away for the new year and expect to take it nice and easy, and then we come back and everything's just a whirlwind of of stories. Um, one of the things that we were talking, Roll and I were talking about before the break. That we said was going to be the one of the bigger stories in 2023 was the the ongoing issue of the green belt and how uh, like Bill 23 is not going to quiet down for for the conservatives. We thought that that was just going to, especially the issue surrounding how how did the 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 land get divvied up uh, is a big big question. And lo and behold come back and a few days ago the OPP announced that they were going to be launching or or start the the first steps of investigating what happened there who knew what who said what 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 were what were the details behind the greenbelt um exchange i guess is it might be the best way to put it of yeah like what what have what have you what do you think or what have you heard heard or about this uh uh, Laura, what, what do you have to say? On um, I, I actually, we were, one of the things we were talking about was, I think it's the Globe and Mail did a bit of a walk back of a story that there was something, I hadn't read the original story, so that's disclaimer right there. Um, but it was concerning a loan, something about a, a 21% interest rate on a hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, basically it sounds like a case of what happened. It sounds like a case of publication sends inquiry to company company does not respond right away. So company sent or sorry, the Globe and Mail sent this back in November and December, January roll around, haven't heard anything story is published. And now they're, and now finally the company has sent comments back and they've kind of walked it back to something i think the number i want to say 32 million is actually the actual loan for and the interest rate on that so um that's kind of where that's at so that's a bit of a walk back but there's still the whole concerning thing of the video that i think was brought to light a few maybe three years ago now about uh, press progress of the meeting of the meeting with developers and, and all that stuff, stuff that I think should at least be investigated, but 
Well, I think the, the question that I think everybody has is just the convenient timing of, of like, how, how do the developers know to buy the land in question yeah. uh, and then have it ready for it, you know, to make to be, for it to be freed up for development. That, that to me is always the, that's the crux of like, who knew what, when do they know it and who do they mm-hmm. share? Um, Cause the, the, the law is pretty blatant. You cannot, you cannot coerce a, 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 a politician into making policy changes. Uh, I guess it's not, but basically like no government official can tell a developer or, or anyone beforehand of policy changes until the policy is officially made. Now, I always thought like, well, what about the other way around of the develop the developers say, well, could you free up this part of land and we'll buy it? And then you, free, you know, on the assumption that you're going to free it, like it's a technical detail, but is it enough to get them out of jail? I, I don't think so. That's true. And um, there, you were talking about that and cash for access. Yeah. Fundraisers are that that's kind of jumping around in my head as well. So developers, there's not many people in Ontario that have more money than than developers. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. And if they're getting FaceTime with on with the premier and ministers, then that it's sort of of course you would never be able to say. I don't think anyone is. I'm probably wrong, but I don't think anybody is stupid enough to get in a room and actually say, Hey, do you mind? We'll give you this much of a donation. If you just, um, I, I you could do this to the green belt. Laura, in a normal world, I'd say, yeah, that'd be a very silly and stupid thing to say. I don't know these days. I really don't. Yeah. Like, I don't really. It, it's one of those things like it, just the, the the blatant the blatant transparency of just like the fact that this land was worthless, you know, six months ago, completely worthless. It was it was undevelopable because it was in the green belt. So if somebody buys it for a song, essentially buys it dirt cheap, and oh, now it's potentially developable, mm-hmm. developable. You know, you said like, no, we're not. It's one of those things like we're not stupid. Like the people of Ontario are not stupid. Like we can look and say. Are you like, are you kidding me? Like somebody knew something yeah. at a really convenient time. And I, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm astounded by the, the blatant, um, the, just the blatant, oh, the, 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 just the blatantness of it. Like, just like, you're not even hiding it. It's not even like, oh, let's put it through some back channels and, and whatnot. It's just like, the- no. So, out in the open openness. Well, that's the, the thing. Transparency of it all. Oh my! Even well, corruption. That's our. That's even the even they're you know, so they're so committed to their transparency. Even the corruption is transparent. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I I I I, I don't want to say anything that's incriminating because you know nothing's been proven in a court of law. I, but I mean, I should have said alleged. Alleged. Yeah, it's it's alleged. <laughs> but my God, like the more you look at it, you say. Somebody knew something sometime and took advantage of it. Like this is this is insider trading 
in my opinion, plain and simple. I really don't see any way to, to spin it that. And that's the thing, like the, this, uh, okay, you get the sense that this government's all about like, well, we need to help out our buddies as much as possible. Um, because I don't know, they, do, they, need, they need to make a buck. Yeah. But at the same time, I've done a lot of, just with the green belt, I've, I've done a lot of reporting out in Campbellville area and in talking to some, some business owners, it's very hard to make a change to your property. They have to go through like, and they have to go, they have to go through the town for permits. They have to go Niagara escarpment commission. They have to, as well as the green belt measures. So it's very, it's not as easy to sort of update your business or update your house kind of a thing. And so from that perspective, if there is any room for any of the tiniest amount of changes, it's probably in that, on, on that angle more than the, Hey, let's sell off wholesale, wholesale sell off of land here. You know? Well, but I mean, that's the point of the, that was the, the, the point of the green belt was that you make it so onerous and so tricky not tr- not tricky, but like it just really owners are really difficult. To, you know, it's you have to be able to make changes to the to your landscape there. Really, only when it's absolutely necessary, not just because. Well, I need a, you know I can make a buck here if I develop this plot of land. True. <laughs> I, 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 that's you what, want to I, make people think twice about it. What is you? You want to you on want a larger make, scale? Well, that's the thing. Like that—that that was the point. Because the 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 question people often had is like, why don't you turn the green belt into like a uh, like a like a provincial park, right? If it's like a, a a a provincial park, you can't develop on it, right? At best, you could maybe put some tent sites on it or some camping grounds, and that'd be it. Um, but you can't because the, the green belt is made up of privately owned like rural farmland or municipalities such as, you know, Milton or, or Guelph and, and down the Niagara escarpment. Um, so like, what can you do? So the idea is that, you know, you just put so many roadblocks to development. Mm. Like you put so much red tape in there that you can't develop it. And that was the point of it was that so that you can't develop it in that way. It preserves it as a, as a biosphere parents locks in in place for you know from that point forward mm-hmm. right and so yeah i find it i find it all all of it's highly uh just high, highly suspect that the you know how, how the opp yeah i mean i do find it interesting that the other aspect that i was going to say but it was uh when we had before the break we had on tim gray from uh, environmental defense to speak about them pushing the OPP to investigate the fact that the OPP is already doing that tells me there's a there's a huge movement of green grassroots movement happening uh, yeah. that that they they're organizing themselves and they're, and it's amazing that they're getting stuff done and that's the, that's the thing that gets me is that you know this green it's on the ground movements that are getting this done not so much the opposition parties I mean the opposition parties put their 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 their, their complaints in but it's like Mm-hmm. 
grassroots people who are really pushing this forward. Yeah, that's that's true. But then you have to you have to wonder as well if the OPP is so is so quick is kind of I wouldn't say quick I would say um, is so willing to get involved mm-hmm. if they weren't already thinking of it just because it's a very it's a delicate situation inevitably you're being asked to investigate potential alleged corruption I hope I'm getting that right and no, I, th- I think yeah that's I think that's how I would describe alleged it, yeah. corruption mm-hmm. of the premier of Ontario and you have to like you have to tread extremely carefully here well, otherwise you're yeah. you know you don't want to yeah you got one chance basically and then well, here's the question then like the track record of this stuff coming through you know people always talk about oh we're you know the the rcmp and the opp they need to investigate you know abuses of power at the highest echelons of power in in ontario or in canada and question like what's the track record on convictions on this it's not a like as much as they they are investing the other the other question i have is like what are the odds that they're actually going to find something that is demonstrably like the criminal criminal actions have taken place here i they're very high i would say it's really i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't say they're going going to for sure but um like i said i think the fact they're getting involved i don't i'm not sure if i don't think there's any public pressure involved in getting them to get involved and getting them involved excuse me right but um i i do think that they've had it was like maybe they've had half an eye on things and they've developed mm-hmm. just in case but i also like for me anyway yeah it smells you've got sort of the video which was brought brought forward you've got sort of the land the land sales and speculation i think you got to work on connecting the two for there to really right. be a sense a sense of it for me because I, I, right now there's the video press progress has been covering this a lot, mm-hmm. but you know, they'll have a story about again, against Doug Ford, almost every other, every other month. It feels like every, and that's, month. that's, I guess what it comes down to for me is that the, it's, 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 it sounds like, Oh, you know, just count the days before, you know the the minister and the premier walked out of Queen's Park in handcuffs. I'm I'm I I always want to hold hold off my, my, that expectation because that that doesn't happen. Like that's not that's not how this usually works. No. My think my my suspicion is like the not suspicion. The facts are the RCMP and the OPP are very timid in terms of laying charges against a premier or a prime minister in this country. I know we all think that, oh, they're there to come in and, and lay down the law when a, when a politician break, you know, abuses their power. Mm-hmm. But historically that doesn't happen in this country. Like we just, you don't see the, like any, the, you're not going to see a big investigation in the RCMP or the OPP coming in to, you know, 
drag Doug Ford out of Queens Park and Hagos. That's not I'm, that's not going to happen over this. At best, what I suspect is going to happen is you're going to get. I'm thinking political ammunition for the NDP or the Liberals or the Greens to use to really hammer home like Doug Ford is corrupt as all get out. But we're not going to see any criminal. Maybe, maybe against some of the developers. Maybe. But and then we go. You were mentioning it earlier. But then we go back to: Are the Liberals and NDP going to be competent enough to use it? Because that, Laura, that's next week's episode. I <laughs> in the next, yeah. But like in the provincial election, but in the provincial election, like. They had, I, I would say they even had the ultimate, like, it was almost served to somebody on a silver platter, go mm-hmm. after everything he's done wrong. He's done wrong in the COVID-19 and handling COVID-19. Yep. And there was a lot. And they didn't use yep. it. So, I, yeah, I, I, this I well, isn't even, and this, if, if it turns out there was anything wrong anything criminally done that's an even bigger silver platter so is somebody gonna are they gonna be smart enough to choose a leader that'll hammer at home or are they just gonna go get somebody a, a new face but the same ideas you know what that's that's what we'll have to wait and see i i'm a i i agree I think this will be this this story alone should be the end of Doug Ford's uh, premiership. Like this has the makings of a scandal ten times worse than anything the Liberals did um, when they were in power. Which you would think the law of averages. Okay, that means that the the Conservatives are done. This is it. The, this is their final term in office, and the Liberals or the NDP will make hay of this, and they will be hammering every day, every question period, corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. And I'm not seeing that. And I, I think you raise a valid point. You know, are the are our opposition parties competent enough to, you know, uh, make lemonade out of the conservatives' lemons? And I, I'm I, I can't say that that's the case in this situation. No. Yeah. Well, the liberals haven't really got started with their leadership competition yet. That well, I'm. Well, that's the, no, well, no, nothing official has been done. And, you know, but the, the NDP do have a leader in, well, I guess leader in name only. Uh, she's not officially I don't know, elected per se, but Merritt Stiles is the leader of the NDP now in, in all, for all intents and purposes. Where is she on this? Where, where, where is she to hammer home to Doug, Doug Ford? Like how, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how corrupt are you, Doug? And she's missing. And I'm just, I'm astounded. Like Merritt, like this is, this is the chance that, you know, you're, you're being handed a golden opportunity here and you're dropping it. it it's, yeah. It astounds me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> you know what? How about we take a, we'll take a quick pause, uh, but come back. Cause uh, we'll focus on a story that you have going on in, Milton. Uh, so take a break and we'll be back in just a second. All right. And we're back. And Laura, you were, t- you're looking kind of in your own backyard, Milton. We can't, uh, I- I'd be remiss if I didn't get, get you a chance to, uh, to talk about, uh, 
uh, your 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 bread and butter, so to speak. Um, yeah. <laughs> what you, yeah you had a, we were talking about the green belt, and this is in in part something we've also talked in the past on this up on this podcast about Bill Twenty Three, kind of the details of it. How how is Bill Twenty Three poised to impact uh, Milton directly? Well, um, basically, one of the things that it does is it freezes development charges. The Bill 23 freezes development charges, which um, form the basis, form as probably a significant source for most of the municipalities in Ontario of their external revenue. And I've been, I've been watching this the last month or so because I think it's actually just as serious if not more than the environmental consequences, because you're, um, but anyway, in Milton's case, 17% of its external revenue source come from these development charges and development charges, in case you're not aware of what they do there, they basically help pay for growth related infrastructures. So you need another park that's that's part of the development charges it's a certain it's a set amount per unit that's given back to the municipality to help to help pay for their own growth so in milton's case as i said i've already said 17 and a half percent or 11 million and so that's kind of what and that's per year right and that's per year so if you're freezing it at that while everything is getting more expensive, I think with inflation, within interest rates, cost of living, rent, mortgage, the whole whole shebang, so to speak, um, it's going to take a bite. And they were already in Milton talking about a larger tax increase. Um, and this is another part of it that I don't think has gotten um, gotten really enough press. I covered at the um, at the on, on election night. I got to interview Mayor Krantz, and Mayor Krantz, if there's a way to save money, he will find it. It used to be when if there was a way to save money, he will find it no matter what he had to do, and election night he actually mentioned that he actually admitted that they're going we're going to be facing some some constraints due to the inflation and rising interest rates but what you know i i i guess i'm trying to picture in my head like what exactly that would mean for the average miltonian which i can imagine you know milton was always uh, always toted as being this you know, 905 city that was uh, always growing. It, it's, you know, on the, you know, is it the, the place to be, right? It, you want to move out of Toronto, chances are you're going to move to Milton because it's constantly growing. It's becoming, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of this great community. And I wonder, you know, is that going to end? Because like you can pretty much kiss any, any good transit system goodbye. I mean, that's, that's always the first thing kind of on the, on the chopping block when you, well, I mean, let's say $11 million a year. Like you you say, okay, where can we save money? Okay. Well, we just won't buy those new buses, you know, to expand a route. You know, can we get, can we just have the route, you know, 
instead of enough buses to for a route to have a stop every half hour yeah or or, or or maybe like every quarter hour during rush hour you know things like that no no we'll just go back to you know once an hour that's that's what the routes are now because that's all we can afford mm. to have the buses yeah running Mil- well you were talking i'm gonna pick up a little bit on transit here you're talking sure. about it um milton's is sort of milton doesn't have very many i don't think they have any buses that are due east-west routes too much it's mm-hmm. all focused on the ghost station and matching up with ghost ghost schedules so like i'm i'm sort of in the southeast corner of it of milton and if i were to try to go by bus to let's say the velodrome from my house i'm in ontario street and dairy area i can't just go get on the bus go west on on uh, Derry Road or Louis Saint Laurent and get to the get to the velodrome I have to take a bus first up to the GO station which is north of my house and then take one take the route that goes down to the um to the Madame National Cycling Center or the velodrome and right um that that's always kind of been infuriating with for me a little bit. Like, well, I, I think just to put a because I've been to the velodrome, lo- beautiful place to to you know a be- beautiful looking building. It's exciting to see. Um, it's like literally you are building Olympians <laughs> inside the yeah. inside of it. Um, however, for those of our listeners who are not uh, close to Milton it's in the middle of a field. Like it, there's not a lot of stuff around. It's not like in a downtown area. It, it is. I was a little surprised. Like, Oh, it's this beautiful looking building yeah. in the I middle often, of nowhere. Yeah. I, I often like I'm driving. I'll come back from Camelville sometimes along dairy road mm-hmm. and you get there and it's like somebody dropped a flying saucer. Yes, the field, exactly. Kind of a feeling. Exactly. But- and 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 it's like I I always just I always look at it and said okay somebody was pl- when they built it they were pl- planning on building up kind of the amenities around it right like you know yeah the, the the neighborhoods and the the stuff it was first part of something now when you're talking about cutting out it's going to be a Milton education the Milton education village in the next few years they've approved a, a collective post secondary campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laurier and Conestoga, and okay, but here's the but here's the here's the question though. Like mm-hmm. a, a major infrastructure like that, that's great. It's great on paper, but if you're c- coming back to our initial point of if you're cutting up development charges, that you can't build the infrastructure to get people there because you're talking students. Students yeah. don't have cars to drive around Milton, like they were going to rely on things like public transit. And now, now we come back to that's kind of going to be the first thing cut, you know, I, 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 I guess I'm going to, like, the reason why you're I, going I, to cut? well, that's a thing. Like I, you, yeah. go, you cut, you cut public transit first. Cause you say, all right, we can, we've been getting by so far with as is, we'll just keep doing as is. We don't need to worry about expanding it. After that, it's just putting off, but there are areas in town now. I I don't have specifics in front of me right now, but mm-hmm. um, it's 
dial a bus through some areas right now. So like the next, it was the, done under the previous council. It was basically either a case of you either cancel those routes and it would be that, that much harder to build, rebuild it, or you just do dial a bus. And I think they, um, I'm pretty sure I'm in one of the areas that's affected by that as well. So some days. But how do you build a, a town or how do you, how, like, you don't. again, well, that's the thing. Like in Milton was always thing. like, basically you're killing the idea of Milton as that up and coming city. Yeah. Right? The, the idea of like Milton's the place to be, you know, it's, a, it's, mm. we're, we're developing Milton into the, the, the community that will meet the needs of the people that live here. And you just say, Nope, that's it. We're where we are now. That's it. Yeah, you know, we want you to, we want you to build more stuff. You want you to buy houses, but are you going to get the new parks? No. Are you going to get like new you know transit? No. Um, well, I I don't know what to. That is the answer, but right. that's I, I'm not asking you to I solve don't really it. Have a, you're, you're, it's you're, not going to be an easy answer. No, it's not. I think it's. It's going to be tough, but I've I've had the sense of the last couple of election cycles that Milton was either at or nearing a crossroads. They could either carry on as sort of the warehousing capital of the GTA, and it sometimes mm-hmm. feels like I know I am blowing it out of, out of proportion a little bit, but with a lot of warehousing, or they could go through this transformative development at the Milton Education Village and try to bring new employers, new, um, new research researchers into town and have an actual hub here in the, in the GTA um, and be part of um, the Toronto Waterloo, the tech, the tech corridor. Um, it's right smack in the middle of, of the tech corridor. Um, and try to build build a, build a community that way. But also for quite a few years now, also for the last couple of years anyway, um, residential growth at one point has, out, has outpaced the business growth. And the business and business growth, I, I think business growth pays more ta- businesses pay more taxes than, than residents do. So if you're shifting that burden onto the residents, it's becoming a more unaffordable place. Mm-hmm. Like I've done, I've done easily two or a couple of two or three pieces the last in the last year or so about um, about rents and how expensive it is to rent in Milton and the affordability of it. It's just it's getting un, untenable almost. There's well, almost no rental, no good rental, no, no rental um, properties for like a single person or a student or any. And well, the question what you have is over two thousand dollars worth of rent a month. Right. And well, in um, that case, are you talking like you're talking almost about killing? Like, it's yeah, almost, I mean, if, if you're, well, I'm just thinking like if you're talking about like turning around the velodrome into a tech learning hub, you know, we're going to get students and businesses kind of mingling and, and, and coexisting. 
this kind of does kill it off because students are not going to be able to afford two thousand yeah. dollars a month rental. Like they're just not. When you say, okay, if I can get an education in whatever field I want, my tech field or whatever, you leave the area. You go to you you, you go to a you Waterloo or you go even out of province maybe yeah. um, to find a uh, you know to get your education. They, like this really does like the uh, the plan those plans of oh we're going to reshape our community into this tech hub and and that's the next step in Milton's evolution. Cutting out these development charges, you're telling me it's, you're painting the picture. It does kind of just kill it dead in its tracks, and it's you shift from a thrive to survive mentality almost as a, as a city or as a town. Um, if you put it that way, <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to be so doom and gloom, but well, yeah, you know what? It's either like um, not to rehash all pretty old history now, but shortly after the 2018, that was the university was briefly killed off by the uh, by the Ford government, and it basically they basically went their own way, came up with their plans, and now it's sort of um, it was approved through the use of the ministerial zoning order, actually, um, last, I don't know, maybe about almost two years ago, I think now, but um, yeah, I don't know. And um, like you were talking about infrastructure and transit, libraries are another thing. I yes. went to school, I, I went to school at Laurie's Branford campus and um like we were lucky because we had the public library was like right next door to my residence. And we, and, but here the closest library is going to be up at Tremaine and main street. Like it's not, and you have to, you have to cross some pretty major roads to get there if you're going on foot. Well, not just that, but and, also just the funding of a library system itself. Um, like libraries bring in so much benefit to a community. It's it's not just a place to go read or, or take out books. I mean, you get resources centered and, and employment. It's a place for studying. Yeah. It's a place like uh, the way they worked it with the Branford campus for a while was you would go into the library in Branford, mm-hmm. order the books you need. And the next day they would be shipped down from Waterloo. And so um, but here, I don't know how it's going to happen. That's, that's why almost at every, almost at every planning meeting that I've been to afterwards, I'll kind of whisper what, what's happening with a library on that campus. Cause you have to, you know, you got to think of that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, it's key to university life really. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see how. Well, we'll have to wait and see how, how what happens because of this bill twenty three and you know the the light of if the OPP investigating investigating what happened there does you know force force some changes. Who knows? It's going to be a long four years uh, till the next election. So we'll see what happens there. It's going to be a fighting fighting four years as well. It's just going to oh. one fight after another. Yeah, I, I don't like I don't, I don't see peace in the next four years. I really don't. And it, I, we're just talking about the green belt, you know, green environmental and development issues. Forget the um, the issue of healthcare and education. 
that, that those fights still have to happen. And there's in build 24. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of fights happening uh, down the road. Um, speaking of fights, I do want to just mention this one last story before we uh, log off. Um, and that is, I don't know if it's good news or if it's just wait and see what happens, but um, Burlington city council is declaring a victory in their fight against a downtown development, which is a rare thing to say those words out loud uh, in this day and age. Um, but there's a waterfront, there's a, uh, there's a hotel on the downtown waterfront at the corner of Branton Lakeshore. That's been slated for redevelopment into a two tower hotel slash conference center complex. Um, application went in the city does uh, does not want it to go forward they're they're opposed to it uh and the it was sent to surprise surprise sent uh, application was sent to the olt to get a ruling the olt basically came back and said um no the the argument made to to push for the developer to push forward was that it was made with a that it, the downtown is an urban growth center and a major transit station area uh however that was made before the Minister of Municipal Affairs and Housing shifted those centers up towards the Burlington Go Station area, which is a, quite a long ways away. Um, and this is a big issue just before the last election. This was kind of a, a gimme uh, for, at the time, it was Jane McKenna, who is the MPP in Burlington. And we thought that it was kind of a her gimme. She got a win, from a major policy win, um, to say that she's you know, advocating for Burlington kind of thing. Um, what was interesting though, in a, you know, uh, Roland, uh, uh, Silliers, uh, of the Burlington post was t- posting that the OLT concluded the application to develop the site was quote unquote made on the day a complete application was accepted by the city of Burlington, which I'm taking that to read as basically the same day that they applied to the city of Burlington for this, uh, uh, or that the city of Burlington accepted the proposal. They also made a kind of beat around the bush to say, Okay, we're also applying to the OLT for the appeals process. Like they already knew how this was going to work out, which again, I kind of, I kind of take it as my what I've said is that the OLT isn't a, it's not, it's not considered a uh, reconciliation process or or a, a mm-hmm. you know a, a remediation process. It's now considered part of the of the planning process. Like a developer wants to get something done, they just assume we're just going to go to the OLT. So in this case, we're like, well, let's just cut out the middleman. Let's go directly to the OLT for for development. It kind of blew up in their face, though. I thought because um, the OLT was just saying, no, they, you don't have a ground, leg to stand on on this. Well, it was, I think we were talking just before the mm-hmm. before we came on on air. Like, what stands out to me is the timing of that. Yeah, and. The question, the big question, I don't think I, I don't think you mentioned it in that story, you mentioned it in that story either, was, okay, so who was watching that closely enough to put in the application the day it was accepted, Yeah. right? And it was also, it seemed like it was also awfully close. If it was close to an election, it was going to be like, that's, that's a major success for Mayor Ward, isn't it? Well, wait and or see. I, it's like it's it's a definite win for this for the mayor for Mayor Ward 
Mead Ward and the Burlington City Council. But the I say the battle was won, but the war is not over. No. Like the, this isn't a final ruling that the the process won't go through, which I I find weird, but the, you know, like, again, it's one of those things like the like this the OLT process is this weird convoluted mess of it's not just a strict okay put it for your case let me hear it out okay yes no here's one reason why it's like this quasi judicial we got a rule on it all the way through that that in itself just kind of holds up the development pro like it's just against one of the things the OLT becomes more and more bur- more burdensome than it is helpful in this whole yeah. process. But um, also on a practical level, do you need the second if there's already a if there was if there's already a first conference center and hotel in that area, do you need a second? There's no that could I, be a question from a practical standpoint too. Well, I mean that, that it's an argument. There's an argument to be made. I mean, for, yeah. I mean, what you're talking about is the the pearl spa and hotel uh which is like kind of across the parking lot of the existing hotel they but they built a brand new one that is it's nice i i walked by it and i kind of walked through it it's a nice hotel and a nice conference center and they you know i see weddings happening in there all the time so i'm like okay you know it's they're definitely the demand is there Mm -hmm. do you need a second one i don't know i i i'm not i i mean I'm going to argue that the business case must be there, but I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, the majority of the times I, things I see there are um, weddings. Like I don't see a lot of business conventions happening there. It's a lot of weddings uh, uh, happening at, at the the Pearl. Uh, oh, and also the mayor's uh, city address, which I find kind of humorous considering that she campaigned on being against that hotel uh, for mayor, but now she gives her state of the city address as the mayor from the same hotel. I just find that a very interesting side point. Not, no, no conclusions to be made from there. Um, yeah, I, I think, it, I, I think the whole case is a case of, are we getting, are the people of Burlington getting what they need from the developer, right? Or is the developer just saying, well, I can build this here and I can make some money off. So that's what we're going to do. Yeah, maybe, but can you make money as well from giving people something that they actually need or want? Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, I think that's the crux of the issue that we're coming down to with developers is that they say, oh, I, I can't make any money off that. You maybe, but can you like, somebody can make money off. I just, I don't buy that you can't make money off of building a building. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I've, I've... But in also spinning off into the urban growth center idea, like what mm-hmm. was was there? I'm the urban growth that, that that was maybe I was that a use of another um, ministerial zoning order or no the urban growth that, center or... the urban growth center was there from the liberal government's uh, planning yeah. office. The the places to grow at kind of designated the downtown in Burlington as an urban growth center because there was a bus depot, which is more like a bus office and just buses always stopped there. But it was considered this transit hub. 
And yeah. so that was an urban growth center. So you're going to intensify the downtown because you want the urban transit to meet the demand there. Um, for a decade, for years, people were trying to get it moved up to the Burlington Go Station area as the as the urban growth center because uh, they figured that was more logical. Build a transit hub up by there. There's a more logical spot. Yeah. Um, basically, the mayor was campaigning on it for years. She finally got it in the last election, so she got kind of got the win there. Um, and it looks like that in that the results of that, the fruits of that fight might finally be coming to to bear with this ruling. Is it going to? I think I think that it's a question now of like just exactly how does the development process in this province work now? Because if that tower project goes through somehow. I think it just kind of shows like, no, not, like the, the cities have no say in the planning yeah. process, really. Like it, 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 this is ultimately just like all smoke and mirrors to give the developers yeah. what they want. So that's, that's I think, what we're coming down to see and how this project will turn yeah. out. It's a canary well, in the coal mine situation. Yeah, well, it's kind of, it's been a consistent, it's been a consistent fight for three mm-hmm. years off of Milton too, having a say in that development. Um, there's just been like I've heard things that they would let developments go through just because they didn't they wanted to avoid the OM going to as it was called then the OMB right the OMB because council would decline the council would deny the development but the OMB would uphold it and there you there you go so um that's what happened that that's yeah we'll have to wait and what, see and melton's been fighting constantly for a say in its own development i guess yeah well i guess we'll leave it at that for uh for this week's episode thanks uh laura for uh for joining me today it's been uh as always it's been a pleasure yeah it's been fun i'm glad Great. you had me back oh so. well, don't screw it up. We'll have you back for another one. <laughs> I kid, I kid, so. I kid. All right. Thanks very much. We'll, uh, we'll talk to everyone uh, next week, folks. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time.
Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. <laughs>